Haley's Comet. Hey, Jamcasters. What's going on, everybody? Happy 2017. It's Mike Fenoya. I'm back with you. Guys, thanks for your patience. It's been a crazy six months, half a year. We needed a little hiatus. Um, I hope you all stayed busy, saw a bunch of great music, and uh, have been doing well. I'm listening to November 22nd, 1997, Haley's Comet. A uh, good buddy of mine got me uh, Fish Destroys America and the whole 97 Fall uh, download series. And um, thank you, Tom Walsh, for that. Um, you know, that was the second real big year that I think I did a lot of shows. And, uh, man, going back and listening to those sets are just unbelievable. You know, the raw energy of a lot of the Billy Breathe stuff, um, the early incantations of some ghost stuff. Um, man, it's just really incredible. A lot of the, you know, good fluff heads, um, cities was really pumping. Uh, if you get the chance, I know YouTube has a lot of the old shows, but, uh, Fish Destroys America is just a, let me see, what is it about a, it's a 40 track compilation from 1997. And if you haven't had the chance to, you know, if you just started seeing fish recently or, you know, maybe that was a little bit before your time. I mean, these jams are just out of control. Um, some of the highlights for me personally on this is there's a beautiful Reba from 1117. Uh, there's a Bowie, Cities Bowie, which is just spectacular. Um, really nice theme from 1229.97. Um, a nice Timber from 1128, which... Uh, I was at a lot of these shows, so it brings back a lot of great memories. Uh, going back to the, you know, Thanksgiving Day Worcester runs, and uh, that was a good thing about growing up in Connecticut and the in the Northeast in that time uh, with fish because they would do three nights here, two nights in Albany, you know, a night in Hartford, a night in New Haven, a night, you know, a couple nights at MSG, Philly, uh, Nassau Coliseum, you know, like it was you could catch a ton of shows without traveling too far. So it's nice to go back and listen to the old uh, the old shows and the old energy. And I've been on a little bit of a uh, 1997 fish kick. So, um, yeah. All right, it's the day after the Super Bowl. And, um, man, you know, I hate the Patriots. I really don't like the Patriots. And I, I have the utmost respect for Tom Brady as a, you know, as a man and as a football player. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, and it's really incredible to watch him do what he's doing on the field right now. Belichick, you know, he's all business, and, and uh, you know, it's nice to see such an incredible, memorable football game. But holy shit, I mean, how the hell do they do it? There, there's, there's a couple moments in that game, you know, I'm watching Atlanta just run away with it, and then... Atlanta gets three back-to-back-to-back defensive holding penalties, which lead to three first downs that should have been fourth downs. Not that they weren't penalties, but, you know, they were definitely good calls. Um, and I'm like, that's you just can't give a team like the Patriots that much uh, rope, you know? And uh, they, they obviously, they pulled it off. Quite a spectacular game. Um, my reasons for not liking the Patriots probably has a lot to do with just fans. You know, I feel like as a Yankee fan, I've always been 
stuck in having like a conversation with Red Sox fans. And as a Dolphin fan, I've had a lot of conversations with Pats fans where these these type of bullshit conversations where basically somebody finds out 10 shitty things or 10 facts that about your team. You know, for the Yankees, when they were incredible, it was all about how much money the, the salary was or how, you know, A-Rod was juicing or how, you know, all the bullshit. And then, you know, with Miami, it was like, oh, you're, you know, undefeated season back in the 70s, you know, quit living in the past. I'll tell you what, like my old man brought me to a Dolphin game, Dolphin game in Foxborough when I was a kid and the fans were such drunk pieces of shit. I remember my dad had a starter jacket, like one of those old school jackets that had like the you know like the band the elastic band on the bottom of the jacket and on the arms and it said d-o-l then the buttons then fins on the other side like one of those jackets we lived in connecticut and starter actually their factory was in new haven so we used to uh rock a ton of starter shit way before it was like super super cool and ice cube and easy e made it cool uh mike Fenoyo was rocking it mm. And it's actually funny. We used to get, they used to have bins of the wrong team uh, championship t-shirts. So let's say Duke played Villanova in the NCAA Final Four. They had to make like Villanova champion shirts, even if Duke won. So for like two bucks, we would get the wrong Villanova uh, championship shirts and we would wear those. But anyway, where was I? Oh, Foxborough. So we're leaving a Pats Dolphins game. I'm a little kid and we're walking through the parking lot and everybody's post game tailgating, having, a you know, their last couple beers before they get into traffic and drive drunk. And my I was probably like, you know, weight, you know, waist height, you know, like hip height to my old man. And I'm walking along alongside of him. People start just rifling full beers at me and my old man because we're wearing dolphin stuff and from that point on i was kind of like you know what man fuck the patriots and it, it turned into a hatred for the red Sox. and you know it's been more the fans than anything else and i think a lot of it has to do with booze and just being you know like young and in a bar and watching shit i don't really care much anymore i really don't give a shit it's just boring to see the patriots constantly winning but uh i'll tell you what the the Falcons are an incredible team, but it's just unreal watching the New England Patriots do what they did. So hats off to them and congratulations. But hey, how about the Atlanta Falcons being announced to the Twee Prize? Somehow Fish squeezed in and apparently Trey was surprised by it. And that kind of had me wondering, like, I don't know if this is turning into like fish is just becoming like Muzak where it's just out there for anybody to use. But um, that was a pretty neat little twist. I was in the kitchen and I was just, you know, fixing up some food and I hear Twee Prize and I like I'm like, wait a minute, is that actually happening or am I just permanently spun and now everything sounds like uh like fish but hey lo and behold my phone starts buzzing and everybody's like dude fish for the Atlanta Falcons so I was rooting for the Falcons way harder than I uh I was I went into the game like not really caring that's the good thing about being a Miami Dolphin fan is you can watch any game and it just doesn't matter because we're never in it we had a good year this year but um you know Hats off to the Pats and all you Pats fans. Be humble, huh? So, what have I been up to? 
Um, I had to pull the plug on Jamcast for a little bit, guys, because things got crazy out of control. I'm now writing for um, a comedy producer for Impractical Jokers, a TV show on True TV that uh, I'm very proud of. It's a great show, and stand-up comedy's been going really well, and I just literally have had no time. No time at all to go really to see many shows, uh, to set up interviews, and, you know, I, I didn't want to just set up shit and just do it for the sake of doing it, so I thought, you know, why not take a little a little breather from it, but um, it's a huge adjustment uh, working again Doing stand-up, one of the beauties of doing anything really where you're following your dream is that, you know, you don't have to go punch a clock and work in a place Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 or whatever. Um, But I've always, always wanted to write for a television show, especially a show uh, with my friends. And uh, I've had the honor and the privilege of working with uh, the guys on the Impractical Jokers team for a little while now, opening up for them on the road. And an opportunity came up and uh, the way that it works here, you know, with with writing gigs and stuff like this is if, you know, if they're looking for writing submissions, you submit a packet and then you get a call or an email and they say, we like your packet. You uh, we'd like for you to come in. You come and do a couple week trial. And if you work out and fit in with the with the crew, um, you know, they they offer you a job. And I'll have to tell you that uh, the writing team and the staff and the production and everybody at Impractical Jokers is like the greatest group of people right away, right off the bat. It was just incredible to uh, make so many new friends and uh, work with so many cool people. And it's uh, truly an honor to uh, be making you know, television history with such a cool group of folks. And uh, I've had, the, I had the, the chance to do a couple of really cool theaters on the road with the guys, too. Uh, I did the Palace Theater in Albany, New York, and the Wang Theater in Boston, and Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. Uh, the Wang Theater, definitely a highlight for me. I've never once, I've never been there before, um, but what a room. I mean, some places you just walk into, and it's just like the, the magic in that room. It, it, it's really incredible to go on stage and perform in these rooms that, you know, Look, the Palace Theater in Albany, I've been to many a Mo show. I saw Trey Band there back, I think, and it was like like 99 or when his first run, when it was just Trey, Russ, and Tony, when we first heard like Sand and Got a Jaboo and First Tube, um, you know, it, it was, I, I always, that place always has a, a soft spot in my heart. And to be able to perform on stage there, really amazing. Um the Wang Theater in Boston, I mean, you walk backstage and you look at the wall where everybody has signed, you know, folks that have performed there have signed. And, you know, there's a big Neil Young did a drawing on the wall and, you know, he he, he performed there a couple times. Um, Steely Dan, I mean, just a, a million great performers have touched that stage. And it's one of those rooms where right when you walk out, the the you know you know these theaters of this size like 30 let's say 2000 to like 5 or 6000 seats um the the inner decorative you know uh the design the the I'm trying to think of what the what the word is but you know some of them have this like crowning and molding and gold and 
giant arches and balconies and you know the lights are so bright and it's so dark you really can't see and I'm only out there for about 15 minutes opening up for the guys but something about the Wang I just went out and 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 the whole room hit me there was this giant like gold ball almost on the on the ceiling that just hit me right away and I looked at it and it illuminating off of that was light enough that I could look out and see the crowd and it was just really a spectacular time and I I do love Boston and the Boston crowds have always been a lot of fun um and it's always such a good energy to go see shows there too so um and then and then Constitution Hall in Washington DC I mean that's where Eddie Murphy recorded um Raw it's where you know, Obama and so many presidents have given speeches. Louis C.K. just recorded a special there. Um, you know, so to be able to to step on that stage and tell a couple jokes, it's really, it's very humbling and uh, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, just want to say thanks to my, my friends on the show for inviting me out to do that with them. Um, writing for a TV show like that is really fun. And I try my best to squeeze in some... Uh, heady lines for the folks that watch the show that also you know love the music that that I do and uh one of these days I'm gonna get uh your hands and feet are mangoes that's the one I've been trying lately to squeeze in so um but it's been a lot of fun uh obviously you know the only constant in life is change and you know I love absolutely love doing Jamcast, and I love talking to people about music and there's nothing more I like talking about the music. You know, also, I think that one thing that I've learned since this whole kind of election and presidency and that whole thing has gone on is that music is something that I can, like, change the subject. I don't like politics. I hate talking politics. Um, everybody loves talking politics now, and it sucks. It's like politics is like the new Breaking Bad or the new Walking Dead. It's just everybody's talking about it. And it's just what you're hearing on your Facebook feed. It's just what you're seeing on the news. Nobody really knows if any of this shit is true. It's just, it's the new, like, what's, you know, can you believe this weather? And it sucks because obviously things aren't, you know, the way most of us wanted it to turn out. And it's very, you know, tumultuous and confusing, Republican or Democrat. I don't think anybody really wants Donald Trump, you know. But without getting into that shit, one thing that I have found is... um Talking music is a great way for, you know, folks to kind of like break the tension and realize like, hey, maybe we do have shit in common, you know, like maybe, you know, just the color of your skin or, you know, your your political thoughts or whatever, you know, you your denomination or whatever you subscribe to uh, may not adhere with what I think, but hey, we were both into the Grateful Dead or we both like uh, De La Soul or we both like the new Tribe album or whatever it is. So I think as always and more important than ever, uh, music is going to be something that's going to bring people together and uh, just like comedy. And, you know, I had the chance to record a live album at Vermont Comedy Club on November 11th and 12th. Um, Veterans Day weekend. It was the weekend after uh, Trump won the election. And thank you so much, by the way, to Nathan and Natalie Hartswick. Of uh, Nate is Jen Hartswick from Trey Band's uh, brother, and him and his lovely wife own a 
amazing comedy club right in downtown Burlington. <coughs> Excuse me. And I wanted to record a live album. I've been wanting to do it for quite some time. And what I wanted to do was make it an all Burlington effort where, you know, I had nothing but uh, Vermont local help. So I hired Tank Studio. Ben Collette at Tank Studio helped record the album. He uh, works very closely with Trey and the band. He's recorded in the barn. Uh, he's worked with Trey on Petrichor for a couple of years now, I came to find out. And, um, you know, he was just an incredibly kind person and uh, very excited to work on the project with me. Um, the most exciting thing about doing my album in Burlington was uh, when Ben walked into the club to do sound check, he was covered head to toe in fish gear. He had a fish messenger bag. He had uh, a Patagonia fish jacket. And I go, Jesus, man, you're, you're a bigger head than I am. And he goes, dude, I have boxes of this shit. And uh, he goes, what size are you? And he ended up sending me about six T-shirts, a Burton backpack that I opened up and was loaded with like uh, live fish CDs, uh, DVDs. He sent me live in Utica, which has been such a fun listen. Uh, the guy Utica, one of my boy Andy Fiore's favorite shows. But um, he sent me uh, a dog leash for Stella Blue. He sent a collar for Stella Blue. He sent um, a, a travel mug. It was great. And he did such a wonderful job recording the uh, album. Um, we had four shows. I used an artist named Bruno Tracy to do the cover art. I told him about the music I love, about why I wanted to do it in Burlington. I gave him a little bit of an idea of what I was looking for in a poster and he absolutely slaughtered it. He put together the coolest poster I've ever seen. I ended up using it for the cover art. Um, he's unreal. Look up Bruno Tracy on uh, Facebook or on uh, Google and check out some of the shit that he's done. Um, I got in touch with Waterwheel, Beth at Waterwheel, and I donated a couple bucks from uh, ticket sales to uh, Waterwheel Foundation just as a thank you for... Uh, you know, all the, the great things that fish, you know, in 21 years or whatever that they've, uh, the fun that they've given me, I thought, you know, what a great opportunity to give back to, uh, you know, a great charity. And 14th Star Brewery at a, uh, out right outside Burlington, it's a Vermont beer, a great beer. Um, they ended up uh, working with me to offer tickets to veterans. So all veterans that wanted to come to the show were invited for free for the whole weekend as a thank you for their service. And, um, I was in New York city for the election. We were doing shows at the bitter end, another amazingly, uh, famous comedy or uh, music venue. And, uh, we did a show there. I was doing warm up work for Jay Okerson show. What's your fucking deal that you could find on CISO. Uh, and we were in the back watching the election and I was watching it with, uh, Dave Attell, I think Artie Lang was there, Ben Bailey, a whole bunch of people were in and out and we were kind of watching the TV and people were realizing like, Jesus, looks like Trump's going to run away with this thing. And Manhattan was silent after the election. You walk down the streets and it was like ridiculously quiet. It was like 9-11 all over again or 9-12 or, you know, just had a strange vibe. So it was so amazing to leave 
New York and drive up to Burlington and be around a bunch of great people. And I'd really like to thank everybody that came out um, and supported the shows and watched the shows. Uh, a couple of the members of the band Guster came out and watched the shows. Sean Lawson from Lawson's uh, Finest Liquids, one of the greatest beers in the world. Uh, he was at the shows. And uh, again, just to all the great people in Burlington, thank you so much. I kept four seats for the guys and uh, one seat for Bernie Sanders, and they didn't show. So they big leagued me. Fuck it. Anyway, my album is going to be dropping real soon, and I'm excited for you guys to check it out. So uh, stay tuned for more on that. Um, I did Fish New Year's Eve, uh, Madison Square Garden. I did the 29th, and I did the 31st, and uh, I thought they were both really incredible shows. Um, Man, the 29th was, first of all, you know, I don't know, man. I know some of you folks that are listening aren't from the New York area. Um, utilize this Baker's Dozen uh, opportunity to come check out a show at the Garden. Even if it's one show, come sleep on my floor. It, it's th- just some. There's some energy about the Garden that just... Yeah. There's so many incredible venues, but man, MSG, they just, they, they've got it figured out. The, the sound is, is just unreal. The, that New York vibe is, is there. Um, and the shows are always, you know, every every band I've ever... I've seen Billy Joel there a couple times. I've seen, you know, obviously Fish a, a shitload of times. I've been to a bunch of other shows there. Um, everybody kills it there. And you so you get to thinking, man, there must be something in the walls here that are just, you know... They really have a great way to, to cater to the audience. Um, now they've renovated it, and there's just, I mean, all the amenities you can need is anywhere. You can run outside, grab a beer, piss, fatty me, get Skittles and pretzels or something when I'm too stoned. But it's uh, really, a, really a great time. Um, each night started with a little acapella, you know, bomber, which was fun. Mine was Sweet Adeline, which was pretty cool. I remember that from some of the earlier tapes that I used to listen to. Um I always like that they do a cappella because it kind of shows their range and their, uh, you know, unique taste. And then just they came out rocking with Peaches, Mike's, and the Mike's was raging, raging. And then it came to a screeching halt with Secret Smile, which I just, I don't know if that's them just goofing around or do they think we enjoy that shit? It was just awful. (laughs) <laughs> and uh you know week picked it back up then a great roses poor heart 46 days brian and robert beauty of a broken heart theme into split open really really solid set um second set was was killer absolutely killer uh down with disease into what's the use i could hear what's the use every show three times and i would be happy uh that went right into fuego meat stick 20 years later kung 20 years later Maki Supa, Harry Hood, Julius. Um, solid show. I mean, you know, obviously Peach is, is a, you know, real treat. Um, last time they played that was 2012. Look, it, it, it's it, their shows are, it, it's hard to see a shitty show these days. I'm not going to sit here and like salivate over how amazing Fish is and blah, blah, blah. Um, they're on fire. They're tight but it's different. Go back and listen. Anybody that's, that's only now seeing fish, go back and listen to some of this 97 that you might hear in the background. Um, 
it's 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 a different band. They were younger. They were a little bit more, you know, free when it came to where the jams went. I think things are a little more kind of buttoned up these days, but it's still fantastic. And they still just blow the doors off the venue every night and, you know, watching the crowd have a great time. Uh, you can't beat it. There's uh, the, the what is it? The Friday night, the 30th. Um, I had the privilege of opening up for my literally my hero, uh, Dave Attell at Caroline's on Broadway. And uh, he had asked me uh, one of the nights that I was working at the Comedy Cellar. He said, what are you doing on the 30th? And I said, uh, nothing. I had tickets to fish, but, you know, it's Dave Attell. And uh, he says, you want to open for me at Caroline's? And I was like, of course, absolutely. And we had two fantastic shows. He, uh, at the end of his set, brought me out on stage and uh, we kind of riffed back and forth and had a great time. And I talked about going to see Fish at uh, the Garden for New Year's Eve. He said, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? And I said, I'm going to be at the Garden seeing Fish. And a whole bunch of people in the crowd went nuts. So we, uh, I hung around and bullshitted with some cool, cool people after the show, and they were at New Year's. And uh, if you're listening, um, thanks for watching. So it was a lot of fun. That's the thing with stand up. I don't really get to go to as many shows as I uh, used to. But, um, you know, two out of four ain't bad. The 28th, I had to open up for the Impractical Jokers in D.C., so I missed the 28th too, but. I had buddies staying with me at my place in the city, in the East Village, and I met up with them afterwards, and since then I've went on and listened to the shows, and the 30th's pretty incredible, too. I mean, anything, you know, uh, up until the 31st, I mean, what was off the new, I'm not a big Boat fan, I mean, I really don't like the album, uh, I loved Fuego, I thought that Fuego was great, but, you know, I'm looking at the sets right now. Um, the only song that they played but off Big Boat before New Year's Eve was on the 30th. They played Things People Do. Um, you know what really killed me is they played Sparks. They did Tweezer Sparks, and I'm an enormous Who fan. And I've always wanted to see that, and I never have. And all the shows I've gone to, I've never seen that. So anyway, the next day, 31st, um, my wife comes into town. We go have dinner. We chill out. She wasn't feeling so hot, but we uh, got ready for the show. Um, had great, great seats. We were section 118. Um, the place to go see a show at the Garden my favorite spot is right behind the stage, like a little to the left of Fishman. I really love watching them play. My second favorite spot, because I'm a, I'm a miserable old curmudgeon now, is the Chase Bridge. There's this section that kind of like hovers in between the, you know, right below the upper, upper level and right above the, you know, 200s or whatever you'd call it. It's kind of like a little south of the scoreboard that hangs from the ceiling. Um, it's killer. It's basically a luxury penalty box, and you uh, it's blocked off. For some reason, it's, like, more secure than getting on the floor, and it's dope. You know, I've, I've been – I've sat there for a few shows, and uh, 
it's really nice when you have a like a girl with you or you just kind of want to mellow out because you went a little too hard the night before. Um, so last year, my wife and I sat up there and she loved it. And then the third place I like to sit is page side, couple sections back from center court. Um, I'd say probably like 115, 16, 17, 18 are probably my favorites. And we were over there. Uh, I was at the end seat. These uh, really cool people from, I believe, Philly uh, were in the row with us. They came over. The the kind of chief of all of them came over and said to me and my wife, uh, you know, we want to spread the love and make this a nice, fun uh, space for everybody. So if you want, we've got some incredibly clean LSD if you guys are interested. And um, we said no. Boo-hoo. But it was cool. We had a good time nonetheless. Um First set was kind of whatever, standard. And then the second set on the 31st um, was just, I mean, absolutely killer. This is my set. This is my type of 2001 Carini Twist Piper, ass-handed Piper, Sand Slave, Light, which I could do with or without. Uh, oh, Slave, I'm sorry. I'm reading it wrong. And then more. Um, there was no light in there. It was Slave to the Traffic Light. <laughs> Um, I, I read it wrong. Um, that's a great set. The twist was dynamite. The Carini was just smoking. Um, the Piper was great. Obviously 2001 who, who, who doesn't like a 2001 now? Um, if anybody knows me at all, uh, my favorite fish song has always been, and will always be Susie Greenberg, um, Susie with the horns. And Okipa Susie are, that's it for me. Every single show I go to, it's almost like a running joke with my friends where I go, if they play Okipa Susie, I'm leaving. I quit. And then every New Year's, I've always said, it's going to be Susie with the horns. It's going to be Susie with the horns. Um, and it's never happened. And this year, I'm kind of, you know, it was my wife and I, and I'm st- standing in my section kind of talking to people. And I'm like, yeah, dude, Susie, Unk, this is going to be a Susie New Year's. I'm telling you, Susie, Auld Lang Syne into Susie. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever, bro. It's going to be, you know, big boat. It's going to be friends. It's going to be whatever, right? And uh, Petrichor starts and the rain it starts raining inside and there's all these dancers and, um, you know, the umbrellas are floating and it's just amazing. The choreography and the theatrics, they just one-up themselves every year, man. It was really, really neat. Um, and then, you know, Trey starts the countdown. They go into Auld Lang Syne. And I don't know what it is, but I swear the millisecond before they play a Susie, I could tell it's Susie. I don't know what it is, but it just hit me, and they broke into it. And, I mean, I just got such an endorphin rush, and I felt like I leapt about eight feet off the ground, my wife turned to me with an enormous smile on her face. All the kids that were tripping balls um, were so happy for me. And it's neat to see people that are at another level of consciousness kind of get jacked for you about something. It really, uh, the level of compassion is just incredible and empathy and, and love. So I, uh, I, I celebrated with everybody. We high-fived and um, it rained cats and dogs on the inside and I cried. I, I, I was I had tears in my eyes. And, you know, there's moments. That's why I still go see this band is is there are moments where I just get very emotional. And it's uh, it's a really great fucking feeling. And I don't care. You know, I get my balls broken constantly by people that don't get it. And it's like, hey, 
don't go. You know, I don't, I can, I could care less. It's the things, you know, sometimes you hear, uh, you know, a Stella blue in the car or you hear, a, you know, down with disease breaks into the jam and, you know, new year's 93 before it was even a song. Um, you know, you catch the right moments and they hit you. That's why music is so important. So, you know, moments like that, you know, if I missed Susie new year's, I would be literally regretting it forever. So I was so happy to see it. Um, that went into No Man in No Man's Land. And then, you know, Breath and Burning, Tide Turns, 555 Ocelot, First Tube. Um, we knew new shit was coming. I was happy the horns were up there. I really like the song Tide Turns. Um, I would tell you, though, I think that with the horns up there, they could have done a lot different, uh, a lot of different tunes that some people would have been stoked to hear. I think Wolfman's would have been pretty cool with the horns. I think that uh, Cavern would have been cool with the horns. They may have already played those tunes that run, but, you know, maybe knowing that the horns were going to be out there, they could have, uh, you know, altered the lineup. But, um, you know, all in all, it was really incredible. And uh, they do a great job. Uh, James Casey, Natalie Cressman, Jennifer Hartswick, and uh, Andres Ferrero, um, whatever. It was Trey's new band with Fish. So he had uh, the best of both worlds up there. Um I paid no attention to Riviera Maya. One of these days I would like to go, <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, it's an expensive ash trip and it's three weeks after or two weeks after New Year's. I mean, I, I it, that's that's rich kid tour, man. Like I, I spent New Year's Eve, me and my buddy, like eating eggs at a diner, drinking beers and, uh, you know, just doing it on a budget and having a good time. But uh I can't, I can't do, I can't do rich kid tour. There's a certain thing about growing up and getting married too, where it's like, you know, what a dick move that would be if it's like, I barely go on any trips with my wife now. I'm like, yo, you want to go to, you want to go to fucking Cancun and see fish? Like I just, it's, it's just, you can't do that. So, um, anyway, that was uh new year's. They're phenomenal. I walked out of the shows going, Hey, if I go a couple years without seeing fish, I'll be all right, you know. Um, they really blew me away on New Year's Eve. The Susie, the second set, um, and the fall was dynamite too. I mean, there was, there were, there were just killer shows. And thanks to all the downloads and couch tour, I really have been listening to a lot more shows, and uh, everything's been great. So I'm like all set with Fish. And then what do they fucking drop? The Baker's Dozen, 13 shows between Friday, July 21st and Sunday, August 6th. So they're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe, right? July 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And the the, the pricks that they are, you know, I, I the first emotion that I feel when I hear 13 fish shows at the Garden wasn't excitement. It was pure fear. Like, I'm fucking scared... I can't do like I'm I I'm getting texts from friends like how many are you are you doing all 13 and my legit response is I hope not I can't say I'm not gonna go to every show if I'm in the city and I'm not doing anything then I, I will be there I, if it's for a set you know I mean the beautiful thing about doing stand-up in New York is like you know you run on stage you do a 15 minute set and then, you know, maybe you're done for the night or maybe you're hosting and you do an hour and a half, whatever. 
I mean, if they're doing a residency and I could catch the second set or I could catch a first set and then dip out, like, I don't know. I'm probably going to do it. I'm hoping that, uh, well, let's, so July 21, 22, 23 is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They take Monday off. How kind of them. And then they go 25, 26. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Friday, Saturday, Sunday again, 28, 29, 30. Then they take the 31st off, August 1st, Jerry Garcia's birthday. Can't miss that one because something fucking amazing is probably going to happen. Um, then August 2nd, and then they take the third off, and then they play the 4th, 5th, 6th. 13 frigging nights. Now, this is the shit that they do. I, I, I say to my buddies, there's no way. There's no possible way that I can afford... You know, I'm looking for a new apartment currently. I've got real life shit going on that I can't just I'm like, how much is this shit going to cost? And then they go, oh, here's what we're going to do. Here's what here's how we're going to fucking snake charm you into buying 13 tickets. It's 13 for the price of 12. And if you want, you could pay half now and half in May. They just they just dangle that carrot and you go, sure. What's two four hundred and forty dollar credit card payments? That's. I could manage that, right? Why am I going to 13 goddamn fish concerts in a row? I, I mean, really. But I'll probably see at most, if not all of them. What I need to do is figure out a way. My goal is to figure out how to get some free fucking tickets from now on because I, I just can't spend the money anymore. But it's exciting. I really hope... Now, look, they're in their 30, the, collectively, the band is in their 30s, okay? They're put, this is what, maybe 34th or 5th year that they've been together. Um, they've already surpassed the Grateful Dead's tenure with Jerry. Um, the Dead did residencies. The Almond Brothers have done residencies. You know, it's becoming more and more popular to do this. And if they keep doing this, I'd be so happy with it because, you know, the, the, the travel and the, you know, do three nights at Dick's, do a, do a week at the Greek, maybe um, at the Greek theater or the Fillmore, um, you know, maybe do a couple little fall runs. But yeah, this is great. I'm a little bummed to not, you know, I like an outdoor show, to be honest. So the thing I look forward to about summer tour is, uh, you know, laying on the lawn and and stretching out and having a good time. But Hey, if I have to go to the garden, so be it. So we'll be obviously talking way more about this. I think that, uh, you know, the one you don't miss is uh, August 1st. Anyway, um, with that, speaking of the Grateful Dead, uh, long, strange trip. (sighs) Scorsese has been working on a documentary, uh, Long, Strange Trip, and I really can't wait. Uh, this is going to be incredible. Um, it's very long. Uh, it's been being worked on since, uh, well, it's been in the works since 2003. Um, it's going to be on Amazon. It played at Sundance. Uh, everybody that, you know, I've read reviews that say it's heartbreaking, which I mean, obviously it's probably quite a bit about Jerry and about the addictions and about the, you know, I wonder how much it's going to go into him early on. Um, you know, 
the, the, him losing his father, him being in that big car accident with his buddies when he was thrown from a car and the driver of the car died and all these other, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't expect to, you know, there's going to be shit that I'm going to learn. I've been a little bit of a nerd about Garcia. Um, there's a great book out there, Dark Star, that's an oral biography. And, uh, you know, those of us who really love the dead and love, you know, you can't get enough. So the fact that it's going to be on Amazon is really incredible. And uh, I'm very excited to see it. And the minute I do, um, we will be talking about it. In fact, I'm going to try my best to see if I could get like an early copy and, uh, you know, be I'm going to see if uh, maybe I can get it and do like a quick little screening or see if I could review it early for the show. But uh, also real quick on the Grateful Dead tip, um, I always like to talk about, you know, what I'm listening to. And a lot of folks have been asking, you know, like, what's your favorite dead era? And it's very, very hard to say. Um, but what I've been listening to lately is this uh, Radio City around Halloween 1980 run, um, the half acoustic, half electric. Um, there are full shows on YouTube, and um, I highly recommend, if you have the time, uh, check it out. Uh, there's just some really great footage. It's like a, it's like a skinny Jerry, um, you know, going gray, but he's, you know, it's one of those videos that you can really, whoever took the footage is, it did a great job. For one that one point that stands out for me is uh, a terrapin, and I believe it was the thirtieth. And uh, Jerry's eyes are closed, and he's just singing, and he and he's playing it perfectly, and it's just a really perfect terrapin. Even though his his uh, maybe he's a little junked out, he he seems to be a little bit uh, sluggish with the with the vocals, but he's literally not there. He he's he's out somewhere else in another, you know planet singing that version of terrapin and uh it's just so pretty uh also some of the stands out standouts are uh during one of the acoustic sets phil's system or his amp or whatever was making a really bad reverb and uh they had to kind of work without him for a minute and they do uh you know a heaven help the fool and they do um a couple other kind of off-the-cuff acoustic tunes and it just shows their ability to kind of say like hey fuck it like you know things aren't perfect so let's just roll with it and make it as best we can so um right now i'm on a little bit of, of a of a new york 80s fall dead kick and it's really really good so uh fish destroys america 1997 1980 grateful dead I've been listening to a bunch of Wilco because I'm going to be going to see a couple of their shows at the Beacon. I'm incredibly excited for those. Um, I got the Mrs. and I tickets to Billy Joel at the Garden, which will be fun for her mainly. And then uh, the Dead at uh, at City Field. So a lot coming up. And I've got a lot of comedy dates coming up. And uh, you can find all those at MikeFenoya.com. Um I've pretty much decided that even if I don't have anybody to talk to about music on a particular week, I'm just going to keep the uh, episodes coming. So, um, 
We will keep this going, however imperfect it is. For those of you that are listening, I really appreciate it. We are uh, back on SoundCloud now and on iTunes. So thank you so much. Uh, as always, follow at JamCastPod, at Mike Fenoya, M-I-K-E-F-I-N-O-I-A. And uh, check MikeFenoya.com for dates. And if I'm coming to your area, let me know. Um, and I'll do whatever I can to get you on the guest list and... Uh, if you have to buy a ticket and support me, then um, good. You should. Thanks so much. I'm going to leave you on a little bit of a ghost, and we will talk next week, everybody. Thank you for your patience. I love you guys. Peace.